0: UNLV football coach Barry Odom did not comment on the police report about Ryan Keeler's death. Um, The details on this from the police report Ryan Keeler was prescribed medication uh, a few days before he died by UNLV. Keeler was found dead a few days later. Uh, There was an empty pill bottle found in his room as well. Should Barry Odom have
1: answered questions instead of no commenting yesterday? i've got to be honest with you he no commented one i thought he said more than he was going to i really did i didn't think he'd say anything on this because no cause of death yet i think there's massive questions still to be answered on this case. right
0: from the from the unlv football side of questions to be answered i think the two main ones I, or three main ones, I guess I have. One would be just sort of a general timeline, like when did you find out he was sick, when did you prescribe a medication, that type of thing. But then the other two would be, did he practice or work out while sick?
1: Right. And That's the main one. What was if you knew he was ill? Did he participate in those conditioning exercises?
0: And the the gray area that we'll probably never have a legitimate answer to. Was he forced to practice or work out? And obviously not like forced against his will, but hey, you're a football player on a insinuated. coach. Right. insinuated. Uh, right. To come work out even though he was sick. And then the other one that I had yesterday, did he see... A doctor not related to UNLV football, like, and did UNLV prevent him from it, or encourage him, or not encourage him to or go not see? Even know. Right, a different doctor that's not right. just a UNLV trainer or somebody that's on the UNLV payroll. Did he go see somebody else? Those, I think, are some of the main questions given the circumstances and given the um, details of the police report that are pretty important to have answers to. Uh, if you're UNLV football and what exactly happened and what exactly led to Ryan Keeler's death.
1: I mean, I could see uh, wh- and, and this is this is the what you said is the key thing. If they knew he was ill, that he continued to practice? But I, I've had people say, oh, it was on him and whatever. Look, this is an 18 year old kid with, he's 18, yes? Am I uh, he was a redshirt freshman, so okay, he might be 19. 19. Okay, yeah. I'm, I'm mistaken on his, apologize, if I'm mistaken his age. New coaching staff, Kids want to prove themselves. Kids want to show the staff they're tough. I mean, that's all... Right. That's what kids want to do, especially with a new coaching staff. So, you know, there's another situation where... Did he say how bad he was feeling? We don't know any of the answers to these questions. Right. You know, so these are questions that need to be answered. And again, I think an important part of this is what we don't know, which is the official cause of death yet. Yeah. So... That's that's important. I... I did not expect
0: Barry Odom to actually say anything yesterday I because either. I I probably wouldn't if I was in if you were in that scenario and you probably advise somebody who was in that scenario to not say anything because uh, there's just a police report out there no nothing's actually been proven true or false that's right. put you in a positive or a negative light um, so I didn't really expect him to say anything but at some point we're probably gonna get. Those answers. We're probably going to get a pretty good answer to most of those questions, timeline-wise, and did he work out? And you know, what other doctors did he see?
1: I don't think he answered this. I'm I'm pretty sure he didn't. And I'm going to play uh, absolutely dumb here and and naive. I didn't know trainers could prescribe medicine. (laughs) If that's what happened, again, I don't think he answered that question. I I believe that question was asked. I don't believe he answered it. I had no idea that they could.
0: Yeah. I That's
1: naive on my part, probably.
0: Right. He uh, declined to say, according to Mike Romano, he declined to say whether team doctors can write prescriptions. Because part of the police report is that UNLV prescribed him something. Now, again, we don't know what that medication is. And I don't know if that's
1: a team doctor or a trainer.
0: Right. And the police report just said medication. That could possibly mean, like, Advil. Right. That right. could possibly right. mean like, hey, go home and take some NyQuil before you go to and bed go or to something. And, right. And, Which and is just try
1: to get better. That you way.
0: buy at Walgreens, whatever. Right. Or it could mean actual prescription pharmacy. You have to go to a pharmacy, get something or whatever. So that I think is pretty vague. It's another and, gray
1: area that we don't know.
0: And maybe we'll find out. Maybe we won't ever find out.
2: Chances are he was probably short and vague with the information yesterday because technically this is still an ongoing investigation. Yes. Yeah. So he probably legally yes. can't right. say right. Didn't, right? Didn't have no I expectation he, said more than he, he would say that, much. that
1: he was going to. There were right. quotes from him. I thought it was going to open up with, "We can't talk about this." You know, let's talk about football. I thought that that was literally what it was going to be. Um, but he did say some things about it. Next question.
0: Caleb Grill. Is no longer a member of the Iowa State basketball team. So, to run for, and the reason given by Iowa State failing to meet program standards. So, Caleb Grill was originally recruited to South Dakota State to play for TJ Otzelberger. Otzelberger took the job at UNLV, and Caleb Grill spent his freshman year at Iowa State. But then he transferred to UNLV, played with Otzelberger. Once Otzelberger left to go back to Iowa State, Caleb Grill. Followed him, so Caleb Grill was basically followed Otzelberger to three different schools. Never actually played South Dakota State, but he was going to play at South Dakota State. And then on March second, like we've got a game and the and the conference tournaments up. He has been dismissed from the team. I
1: mean, it seems like it's more than academics.
0: Caleb Grill tweeted out um, a really Really long statement, and in that statement, Caleb Grill said that he said something. That he wishes he hadn't. I said something that I regret, which has cost me the opportunity to finish out my dream at Iowa State.
1: No clue what that. No, me neither. No idea what that meant.
0: He put out. I mean, we're talking like ten paragraphs. He he thanked coach at Iowa State, Steve Prom. Thanked TJ Otzelberger. Thanked all the fans. Thanked all his teammates. Talked about how how was a dream to play for Iowa State. How great of a time. He, I mean. Ten paragraphs just about how everything he did in his college Take career blame was a dream. For it? And well most of it was just being thankful of everything he's been able to do. And then at the end he said, I said something that I regret, which has cost me the opportunity to finish out my dream at Iowa State. Wow. And
1: I I don't what, what what could you possibly say that would get you kicked off the team at that point?
0: I got one idea in my head and I'm not even gonna say it because I don't even want to accuse Caleb Grill of saying it. But right. right. I I don't know. Like if if that's the if that's what it is, he said something and he regrets it. It had to have been something bad, unless yeah. he did something else as well and his statement and just statement. ignored it. But if we take his statement at face value, he must have said something really really bad because he's he's Otzelberger's guy.
1: Well, that's the thing. Like, when I saw that, I'm like, boy. That had to be really bad because these two are obviously really close. He kept following them around.
0: Yeah. So and
1: he's now off the team at Iowa State with uh That kinda hurts him. He's averaging almost ten points a game. Yeah,
0: they have fallen off the face of the yeah. earth, by the way. Iowa State has gone from oh, they're they're a potential sweet sixteen team. They're seventeen and twelve now. They've lost four straight, they're one and six in their last seven. Just completely fell off the are face. Are they of in the earth. for sure? I mean, they're still in the top 30 in Ken Palm, and I believe still in the top 30 in net. So probably, probably but they've, they've played They have to the Big tournament
1: and get knocked out in the first round?
0: They might be. They could potentially be out just of how poorly they've played to end the season.
2: Man, you know, that's a great question.
0: James Harden could return to the Rockets this offseason. Uh, sources have told The Athletic that Houston is widely considered or expected to pursue the 13-year veteran point guard if he declines his player option for next season. And even more surprisingly, sources with knowledge of Harden's outlook say he's as serious about a possible return now as he was when he left town. Rockets have been uncompetitive, kind of intentionally, since James Harden left.
1: Would he make him that much competitive?
0: I... I mean, conceivably, if you get Harden, you're chasing other good players as well. And they've got some good young players, but none of them have been shown any ability to be like the guy or even the second guy. Uh, So you'd have to get Harden and you probably have to get somebody else to be a legitimate team. But if you read the story in The Athletic, it is all about how much Tillman Fertitta, the owner of the Rockets, loves James Harden and how much James Harden loves loves the Houston Rockets. It is kind of bizarre where it's like, oh, yeah, he got sent away. He got traded away. They got a bunch of assets in return, but he's coming back. Once his contract's up, he's coming back to Houston because he loves it so much, and we love him. Fascinating that they would – conceivably the Rockets would have had a window to win the NBA title with James Harden as their best player, trade him away, go three years, I think it was, and just be completely terrible – and then go get James Harden again and try to win again yeah. which is now one that the,
1: he's 3 years older
0: which is one of the most bizarre like 10 year stretches I think a the league. franchise would have yeah so very strange but James Harden might be a Houston Rocket next year and maybe they get one other player and they're pretty good I'm out all... the Suns beat the Hornets 105 to 91 last night it was Kevin Durant's debut played 26 minutes a little bit of a minutes restriction but he scored 23 points shot 10 of 15 from the floor uh, Devin Booker had 37 by the way, uh, but the Hornets aren't any good. Lamelo ball's out for the year. Uh, my, uh, The thing that I enjoyed the most, the first two shots of the game for Phoenix, Kevin Durant, mid-range jumper. Made Devin it. Booker, mid-range, mid-range jumper. jumper. They missed both of them, by the way. They but, made it? No, no, they missed both of those.
1: Yeah, but you said yesterday, along with CP3, those are three of the best in the league yes. at that skill. Oh, yeah. And it's okay if they're shooting mid-range jumpers because they're so good at it.
0: Durant is the best. Booker is excellent. Those are the two guys that you take the mid-range jumper, and you're not you're like, okay with it. upset with it. The main question, though, is: Can they win NBA playoff series if they're taking just a bleep ton of mid-range right. jumpers? Because it's easiest to win if you get to the rim or you knock down threes, and both these guys can do that. But they also take a lot of mid-range jumpers. 16
1: and 16. Yeah, now, was, a lot of people talk about him in this whole Phoenix, you know, rebuild. That's probably. The That might
0: be the key to the Phoenix Suns winning the title, or at least the West, is obviously they've got the two big scoring stars in Booker and Durant, but they've also got Chris Paul and DeAndre 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 as their third and fourth best players. And they decimated some of the depth on the roster with the trade. Mikael Bridges is, is really good, right? They got rid of a couple of good players, but when Aiton's your third or fourth and Chris Paul's the other third or fourth, it's pretty good. That is. It's really good. That's crafty wording, right there. I give you credit. <laughs> all right, Darren Waller and Kelsey Plum are getting married this weekend,
1: but so is Max Crosby. Yeah, what what happened here? They don't discuss this. No or communication. They, the invitations go out on separate <laughs> separate days, and all of a sudden, it's the same date. Who who's who the, are McDaniel's and Ziegler going to choose? That's
0: whole te- you got a whole team of guys to yeah, choose exactly. between them.
2: They draw straws to see who goes to which who wedding. Goes where? <laughs> this isn't a double wedding, right? <laughs> I don't but think so. Will Waller and Plum's wedding be as big as Crosby's? Why wouldn't it be?
1: I have no
0: idea. I don't know.
2: Just something like they kept their relationship so quiet for so long, it just feels like they might just have a small wedding and invite, you know, a handful of people. Yeah, they're
0: more—they're more, they're a bigger power a couple point. than Max Crosby. I don't
2: know. Well. That's because Max Crosby's fiance isn't in the media. Well,
0: yeah. She doesn't play in the WNBA for the champions.
1: I want to know who's going to whose who's wedding. Yeah. I want to know which players choose which side. Have
0: you ever been in a scenario where you would have to pick between whose wedding to go to?
1: No. On the same day?
0: I'm trying to think. I had a year where I went to like four weddings in a summer, but they were all, they were never on top of each other. And
1: these people knew each other?
0: Uh, uh, some of them did some of them didn't but yeah some of them did but they were never on top of each other
1: I mean maybe they're different times but then gotta Daniels go... and Ziggler can get to both of them ones in the afternoon ones at night
2: everybody goes to one and then they all ride together and go to the next <laughs> <Ubers>? one <laughs> who's
1: gotta like got to do the first one the first one sucks then yeah, if you get the first it? wedding of because the day who's at your reception yeah the whole
0: point's the reception not the <laughs> wedding <laughs> that's true nobody cares about going to the wedding we're here to go to the reception so just brutal uh, communication skills over there. I wonder. I'd have to reread the story. I wonder if they're on. Are they on? Is one on Saturday and one on Sunday? It doesn't say in uh, Vinny's story. Just said this weekend. Yeah, it doesn't say in Vinny's story if they're on Saturday and Sunday because that would be the best way to do it, is if it was Saturday and Sunday. Boy, oh,
1: back to back bashes.
0: Oh they have to combine too.
1: Yeah, I, 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 Vinny did write and uh, he did report that McDaniel's and. Uh, Ziggler were coming back for Crosby's and then they confirmed Waller's.
2: So they like Crosby better. That's that's all we know. No,
1: they'll go to both of them. They'll go to both. They'll find a way. They'll find a way.
0: Only one of them had a hamstring injury in uh, training camp. (laughs) Oh, that's true. Coming up next here on ESPN Las Vegas, we'll stick with the Raiders and what their quarterback position should look like.
2: Jones takes the snap, fires it deep into the end zone. Touchdown, Giants. Isaiah Hodgins. He just ran the post. Jones to Hodgins, a winning combination, and the Giants take the lead with 103 to go in the first. Second down, play fake. Jones rolls left, throws left, wide open for the touchdown is
3: Bellinger. You're on the elevator up to the press box with Graney and Bischoff.
0: I love so much the Raiders don't have a quarterback because we get to speculate on just about any name we can possibly think of in the NFL. It's phenomenal. And Vic Tafer of the Athletic, uh, went to a place that I don't think we've even talked about or even mentioned in passing. Daniel Jones as the Raiders' next quarterback. Uh, Vic Tafer on the uh, athletics podcast about the Raiders, uh, he said Daniel Jones should be a possibility for the Raiders. And he asked the question, Would you trade a first-round pick? For Daniel Jones and a second round a one pick. one and a two? No, no. You get the second back. So you trade a first and you get Jones and a second.
1: I mean, I still want them to draft a quarterback. I'd say no. I want them, I want them to draft a quarterback really bad to see a kid like start and, and grow and mature right. and try to be the guy. I want that more than one of these guys that we keep talking about each day. Well, we both want Rodgers still, right? well just for the content yeah. of the show. I mean but it's I not going to happen. It's not going to happen. The Doesn't dark, appear, darkness though. isn't going to happen. <laughs> so, I don't think the darkness is happening. <laughs> but I want I want them to draft a quarterback just to get a young guy in there right. and see if he can develop.
0: Trading for Daniel Jones I think would be the dumbest possible route the Raiders could go because Daniel Jones is not Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, Trevor Lawrence. He's not. He's worse than all of those guys. So trading for Daniel Jones means you're signing up to you're guaranteed to still have a worse quarterback than the top six. Now, drafting a quarterback is probably going to put you in the same situation, but drafting a quarterback means you're paying the quarterback Seven, eight million bucks next year. Not 35 that Daniel wants. Daniel Jones might get $35 million. What's he asking for? Like 45 million He's asking for over 40. If you traded for Daniel Jones and paid him the contract that he wants, you have effectively gone from Derek Carr to Derek Carr. Right. There's no difference. I mean, they're different players, but they're the same level of quality. Daniel Jones is probably worse, to be honest with you. He's only had one good year in the NFL, and you'd be giving up a first-round pick for the right to pay Daniel Jones $35 million a year? Be the stupidest thing they can do. Would be absolutely moronic if the Raiders did that. Because I'm not even... Is Daniel Jones going to be better than C.J. Stroud next year?
1: That's a great question. I mean I'm not probably sure. he will, he probably be, will but, be over a first round over a first year guy. But he's
0: not gonna be forty million better forty million dollars no. better, and that's what the difference is gonna be if he gets forty five million dollars and CJ Stroud's playing for eight. Yeah. Like you gotta be forty million better for that to make sense, and he's not gonna be that. So I love that we get to throw out as many random quarterback names as we can. Daniel Jones would be the dumbest one you could do. If they trade for Daniel Jones, I don't I'm just gonna come on here and be blown laughing. away. I'll be blown away if they do that, especially because we've heard McDaniels and Ziegler talk about the benefits of drafting a quarterback, and we've heard Dave Ziegler talk about the uh, salary cap implications of the quarterback position and how valuable it can be to have a guy on a rookie yeah, deal, right. and his quote about, we're not too high p- high-paid uh, players away right. from being, compa- right. being good, whatever he said, but going after Daniel Jones would be... Uh, would blow me away in all honesty. Um, now, on Derek Carr, who. He keeps having nice visits. He does. Uh, the Jets general manager Joe Douglas described Carr's visit with the Jets as fantastic. I can say he left a strong impression with everybody. Obviously, we're going to be exploring the veteran quarterback market this offseason and we'll look at every available option. Um, is a strong impression first ballot Hall of
1: Famer? Come on, Jets. I think they think he's a first ballot Hall of Famer who they don't want to pay what he wants, which doesn't make much <laughs> sense because if you're getting a first ballot Hall of Famer, you'd want to pay what he wants because why haven't why hasn't it been done yet? Yeah. Uh, everything from the Jets' side of it sort sure. of lines up with a guy like Derek Carr, and yet we think Derek... I mean, Derek Carr's probably asking for $40 million. You tell me I'm a first ballot Hall of Famer, I'm yeah. asking for fifty. million. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's what you think.
0: But all right, make me the highest-paid quarterback yeah. in the league. Uh, the other Derek Carr news: Frank Reich, the new head coach of the Carolina Panthers, said about Derek Carr, he checks a lot of
1: boxes on what you're looking for in a quarterback. So sign him. Again, if you want to pay him what he wants, I mean all these all these people are saying great things about him, yet no one signed him yet. I need now, a team, is that more him? I need a team to come out and say he's not very good. <laughs> I don't think that's going to happen. We don't want. It. I don't think guys who need a quarterback are, are going to say that. I need the Bucks to be like, yeah, we don't think he's very good. We're going with Kyle Trask. To-
2: <laughs> Is anybody telling him that he's not a Hall of Famer?
1: Well, I don't think that, I don't know. If Frank Reich said you're a first ballot Hall of Famer. He probably said, hey, we like what you, your skill set and we like you, but I don't think Frank Reich said you're a first ballot Hall of Famer. I think he would have stopped short of that. I would have <laughs> hoped he would have stopped short of that. Should Derek Carr? be asking every other team he meets with, do Am you I think, a f- I'm, do a first think I'm a 1st the first Because you know what the Jets do.
0: <laughs> and if you don't say yes, then I'm out of here. <laughs> or you can say no, but you better pay me like one anyway. Right. Like right. You might not have to believe it, but you're going to have to pay you're for it pay because me. the Jets think so. <sighs> is there a chance, I saw somebody tweet this, is there a chance that Derek Carr is basically treating this like a high school recruit and he's just taking visits? He's just like, oh, the Saints want to visit? Yeah, I'll go to New Orleans. Oh, the Jets? Yeah, I'll
1: take the free vacation in New York.
2: 100%. I want
1: him so
0: badly, so badly
1: to hold a press conference and have the hats. And have the hats and then kind of mess with you and pick up the Jets hat and put it right to his head and goes, no, and he puts that down. Throw it away. Throw it away, and then he picks up the he picks up the, uh, the uh, Carolina hat and he puts that down. That and then awesome. he
2: just pulls one from under the a table? He pulls,
1: he pulls Tampa Bay from under the table and puts <gasps> it on. Would be That'd fun. Be
0: awesome. That'd Would be, awesome. be fun if he did that. Uh, he's having fun. Danny, are we getting forty times
2: today? Uh,
1: or lifting?
2: I believe we're. We might get forty. We should get forty times on the group that is participating today, which is defensive line and linebackers.
0: Are we getting hand size? When the hell do we get hand size? That's what I, I want.
2: I think they might have already done
0: the, the ones, measurements.
2: The ones who compete today. And then today they'll do the ones tomorrow and so on and so forth, I believe. But I haven't seen anything just yet. However, for so like it's
1: all defensive players today.
2: Yeah. For bench and 40 and shuttle and all that stuff, we actually have a spot where they're going to live update all of the stats.
0: All right. I don't care as much about that. I just want to see quarterback hand sizes because that is going to be. Once we get them, that is going to be the only determination I use to determine if the Raiders made a good draft picket quarterback or a bad draft pick at quarterback. Whichever quarterback's got big hands, Car's you better got take it. He right? does. Very He's small got very hands. Very small hands. Like only like Kenny Pickett has smaller hands among starting they quarterbacks. Yeah. Very small hands. That's why, that's why he why I had to move on from him. He doesn't have big hands. You gotta have big hands to so hold on to the ball and be good. So that's all I care about at this point is give me the hand sizes. Of the quarterbacks coming up next here on espn las vegas darren millard
3: we have no idea if he'll pick up but this is the time he agreed to this is the vgk update with darren milsey millard listen to him monday through friday at four on the vgk insiders on fox sports las vegas darren hi buddy Hey Ed, what's happening, pal? not much. How are you? I'm doing great. What's keeping you
0: busy?
1: Uh, Lots of stuff. Lots of stuff. Currently, his broken mic is keeping him busy. Uh, You know, we're in the new studio, but I can't see out to flamingo, so I'm watching the cars pass by. I saw snow yesterday, and his mic's broken. And my mic's broken. It's 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 a wonderful time. Have you been in the new? Have you been in the new studio? I was on
3: hold. Uh, I don't know whether it was because I was on hold or whether it was actually going on in the air, but I could hear you guys talking uh, through your mics as I listened to the programming during that last break.
0: Oh, you heard about Danny wanting to bet on the combine then?
3: Yes, yes.
0: Yeah, he does. We'll, we'll get into Degenerate Danny later in the show and his non-combine bets. Um, more importantly, Darren, uh, we got a look at the Golden Knights Elvis wig for their little player of the game prop trophy last night.
3: Yeah, that that finally got out. Yeah. it was the mainstream. Yeah.
0: What is your what's your favorite like locker room player of the game proper trophy that you've seen given out in the NHL?
3: I don't know whether I really have one. To, yeah. to be perfectly honest, there's lots of wigs, there's jackets, there's uh, there's helmets uh, that, that that have gone around. Uh, the important thing is that you have something that you you're able to present and acknowledge and pass forward and and uh, and pay tribute to. But uh, there's there's some some goofiness out there. Um, this one, this one, I like this one because it, it's got the tie into this city. That that that's the best part.
1: Was it nice to see Mark Stone sitting next to him? And I think you <laughs> talked last week about he, they want him around this team no matter how long he's out.
3: Yeah, exactly. Uh, that that type of presence uh, in, in and around, and that enthusiasm, that smile, and and, and the infectious of, of of Mark and being able to uh, be uh, one with with this team just just little conversations that he's able to have and and that's what with, with young guys uh not that they have a ton of those but also all oh, the, the the veteran guys and passing along his knowledge i, I think uh it, it it's really key and i love that part about it uh, normally players are, are nowhere to be seen uh when they're injured uh and and that's uh that's a bit of a a step away from that you had Prisaw presenting the player of the game wig and glasses, and then you had Mark Stone around. I, th- I think this is this is good. I uh, I've, I've, I get why interplayers players are not present, but I still think that it's uh, it's a big part of, uh, especially when they're veteran players, to be part of that group.
0: We will get to the players they've already actually traded for, but uh, reports about the Golden Knights being interested in Jonathan Quick. Why or why not does trading for Jonathan Quick make sense for this team?
3: Well, just uh, insurance. If, if something should happen to uh, Aiden Hill right now, heaven forbid, uh, you will be down uh, to uh, Michael Hutchinson, who hasn't played a game this year in the National Hockey League, and then the next man up would be Yuri Patera, who's never played a game in the National Hockey League. So that would be, uh, that would be the primary focus, uh, why you would uh, go down that path. Um, the the, uh, the good news is that Logan Thompson is expected back this year. Laurent Brossoit is expected back uh, uh, in in a little bit. So uh, that's that's positive that uh, that they will be returning. And then you should have three healthy goaltenders uh, available to you that have played games for you this year. But in the meantime, uh, not knowing exactly when the Logan Thompson and uh, LB returns will happen. Uh, you're you're vulnerable uh, to to injury and and putting uh, guys that haven't played this year in, in the lineup. So uh, just uh, backfilling a little bit would would be the primary focus uh, on on bringing in a goaltender who, if they do go down that path, I would assume that that person would be in an expiring contract as well.
1: Is it just hoping, given the poor year that he's had, that a change of scenery would help him out?
3: Yeah, and, and motivation at this point now uh, because uh, he's disappointed what happened with uh, with Los Angeles in that trade. So I think that that, that, is, that is twofold. Uh, one, yeah, probably uh, um, a more goalie-friendly environment, which Vegas is, and then you add in the motivation and trying to prove everybody uh, wrong in Los Angeles with that organization in, in dealing him away in what was a surprise move uh, leading up to this deadline. I I think that that uh, those would be two factors that would, would benefit uh, a player like that. But I think that there's, there are, I mean, quick is one option. There's a couple of other ones uh, that, that are available uh, as well uh, as you go down this path.
0: Uh, they traded for Teddy Bluger yesterday. Yes. Uh, maybe it's overly simplified, but it seems like it's just very clearly defensive-minded bottom six forward. He's going to plug into the lineup and have that trust that he can be on the ice against pretty much any other line and not give up a bunch of goals or chances.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, more of a defensive uh, first uh, player, and it's a player that uh, that was is a center primarily a center and uh, did some some checking in with a couple of uh, buddies of mine in Pittsburgh, a uh, player that was, uh, was not going to play uh, above uh, the other centers in their lineup uh, with Sidney Crosby and Kenny Malkin and Jeff Carter. So that's uh, that's a big ass to play up the lineup there. Uh, but, uh, but a guy that can win draws and uh, kill penalties and is defensively responsible. And, um, can uh, can can give you a boost in and around your room because what what he, talked to three different people and uh, the first thing that everybody said was great guy great teammate and so uh, that that's number one the, the, you're gonna love him uh, that came up uh, a couple of times so uh, that that's really positive for me when when you're talking about a player that's going to be moved to a deadline and you got to fit in and and go through that. Uh, whole process, uh, which Teddy Booger's never been traded. So uh, I think that, that being a, a great guy and a, and a really good teammate will just should help him adapt to that uh, area. And it gives you uh, options with, with Brett Howden and Nick Waugh, who are also centers. Uh, do, you, do you play uh, Brett Houghton on the wing uh, a little bit? Do you move uh, Nick Waugh up the lineup uh, a little bit? It gives you that, uh, that pivot uh, on the fourth line I've decided to do a couple of other things. So versatility, not with the player, but versatility with your lineup is something that Teddy Bluger will, will give Bruce Cassidy.
1: Is it not as certain where Barbashev will eventually fit in?
3: Uh, I, I think it's going to be uh, an evolution, uh, Ed. Oh, quite honestly, he, he you see him with with Jack Eichel and Jonathan Marsh, so that that's the first goal. But uh, I've seen it thousands of times where or players are acquired and you have an idea where you want to put them and they end up in, in a totally different spot at the end. Uh, I've seen it uh, where it, it clicks instantly too and, and everything falls into place. But, uh, but I think they're open to the fact that they're going to try this and, uh, and if it doesn't work, they've got uh, plan B and plan C. Uh, for Ivan Barbashev, uh, I, I think it's it's a simple. Uh, I, I like the the thought process about this. Uh, uh, Barbashev is a, is a very straight line player. He, he knows he's going to go in. He's going to uh, throw a body check, and he's going to pressure the other team on the on the forecheck, and he's going to end up in front of the net. It's uh, it's it. You look at his shifts over and over. It's a it's a pretty. A repeatable process for for Barberchef. So uh, with the players like uh, so and with Anichel, it's, uh it it should fit well. He gets in the puck and he puts uh, pressure on the other team and and he causes uh, potential turnovers that they can uh, uh, turn into quick strike opportunities. And it also gives uh, a really solid um, uh, defensive. Uh, uh, capability to that line and and adds to uh, the layers of that line. So uh, I, I'm, I'm excited to see uh, this group working together uh, more and more, especially during this next road trip where they can really get into a routine. But I, th- I saw some big strides last night from, from game one to last night. I saw some big steps uh, for Barberchev, Eichel, and, and Marsh. So, and not just because Barberchev sets up Eichel on, on the breakaway. Uh, there was, there was, Different parts of the game where there was uh, some significant uh, uh, progress on the on the chemistry side.
0: If it's not a goalie, is there mm-hmm. another trade you think the Golden Knights make before the deadline tomorrow?
3: Uh, yes, but I'd, I, I mean it's it's still going to be depth orientated. Uh, by now, um, you see Bertuzzi coming off the market uh, from Detroit. Uh, you're starting to whittle things down on, on players that have offensive capabilities. And some of the guys that have good offensive numbers uh, have different parts of the game that don't exactly fit with the, with what the Vegas Golden Knights are doing. So uh, I, I don't think it's out there that you're going to see a, a splashy uh, player that has an offensive uh, real Glint to their to their game. Uh, it's it's going to be more more depth as, as we go forward. If you were
0: going to give the Elvis wig to one of us in this room for this interview, who would you give it oh, to? Come on,
1: Ed. <laughs> and I get the glasses I give Ed too. The jacket.
3: Do I get the glasses? You get the glasses. I, the glasses? You the glasses. I give you uh, some uh, romper room pa- pants as well, <laughs> and uh, uh, yeah, you you get the whole outfit, buddy. I think Danny's good job, offended. Boys. It's a good show.
2: I'm very
0: good upset, job, boys. Yeah, Danny wanted the the wig. Darren,
3: Danny, Danny, you can lay bets on whether I would give it <laughs> yes. to to Ed or Tyler. Well, Ed was minus two thousand.
2: I will bet every dollar I ever make for the rest of my life on Ed.
3: <laughs> and that's good. So, so now you're you're winning. I'm winning, and Ed's winning, and Tyler is left to think about what he can do better next time.
1: I can do my Jack Eichel. It's a good win, boys. That's a good hockey team. <laughs> good
3: job, boys. And that was a good hockey team. I was a good I hockey said. team. Straight straight line team. I love the way that the Carolina Hurricanes play, and uh, I thought that was a pretty significant win, given that you've got New Jersey uh, tomorrow, and then you've got the five-game road trip uh, coming up next week with Montreal in between. That that was a huge, huge uh, positive. And being able to close one out, I think that uh, that, that goes with it as well.
0: All right, I know Ed appreciates talking to you. Sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. Thanks, Darren. Thanks, buddy.
3: You know what? If if you just try a little bit more, Tyler, I'm not saying that you're out of the running gear.
0: I don't want you over like I don't want it. Get out of here. <laughs> See, See you, buddy. There's Darren Millard. You can hear him on the uh, BGK Insider Show over on Fox Sports Las Vegas, also on the pre-post intermission show on AT&T Sportsnet. All right. We got tickets to give away. I was about to go to break, but we got more tickets to give away. Mountain West Basketball Tournament tickets 702 364 1100 is the phone number if you want to go to the Mountain West Tournament. Call in now, 702-364-1100. Be caller number 7 at 702-364-1100, and you'll win a pair of tickets to a session of the Mountain West Basketball Tournament.
3: Here's Brunson. Dinwiddie really picks him up on the switch. Not a shoot. Between the legs, probing. Fadeaway three. Hits it. Randall behind the back. Hart spin Jumps to Brunson. Sets the feet to three. Nails it from the right corner.
1: Live from the Finley Toyota ESPN Las Vegas Studios, this is The Press Box with Graney and Bischoff.
0: Welcome back. Right out of the bathroom, strolling into the hot mic. <laughs> good. Good way to, good way to. That was a short break. I was. It's okay. That's Danny's in okay. there getting some juice. I blame Danny, ultimately. It's always Danny's fault. All right. Um, it's my
2: fault unless it's Jared's fault.
0: Yeah, yeah, Jared's not here, so maybe we should blame him instead. All right, um, forget about what's in the rundown. Why did you not bet on the Combine, Degenerate Danny? Uh,
2: I didn't have any money in my accounts <laughs> until like two or three days ago, but I also just looked, and the Combine bet that we were talking about, I can't find it anymore, so it they might have taken it down since Combine technically starts today, so...
0: Here you go, kid. Ed is giving you one dollar.
2: Hey, I got a dollar too, maybe. A
0: one dollar bill.
1: How many how much do you have in the wallet right now? Let me let me guess, let me guess. Twenty-two dollars.
2: I have one dollar.
1: Look
0: at this. You both have a single dollar, dollar in, in, your in your wallet. Wallets. Yes. Why? <laughs> how did you end up had, with one I single had dollar? Six.
1: <laughs> and I spent a five somewhere, but I can't remember.
2: I don't even know how I got my dollar. I really don't.
1: I did have six. Where did I spend that $5 on? Lunch. No, that would have been more. I was going to
0: say, lunch for 5 bucks. now. Yeah, exactly. It's pretty
1: good. Where, where, where are you going for 5 bucks? I
0: told you about my Chipotle kids' meal hack, and even that's more than
1: $5. Do you do the kids' meal?
0: Yeah, you go to Chipotle, get the kids' meal. You get uh, two tortillas, three scoops of chicken, some rice, and then... I get like a salsa, and then right. you make a little, a little taco out of it, yeah. and they give you chips as well. So how much is that? Like five, fifty, five, right. sixty, or something like that. And I don't eat a lot, so it's perfect amount for me. And it's not twelve dollars like getting a normal entree at Chipotle would be.
1: Danny,
2: oh, there's no way I can only eat a meal <laughs> There's zero chance. <laughs> Last night, I, last night my girlfriend cooked pasta, and I took one bite. I was like, "Yeah, I'm having three bowls." Oh, oh man,
1: how uh, how much is it? How, what, what do you drive out of Chick Fil A having paid?
2: If it's just myself, um, I don't really know their prices anymore. But it, my go to is um, either a chicken or steak burrito, and depending on how fu- uh, how hungry I am, I might get double meat. So, wait, did you ask about Chick
1: Fil A or Chipotle? No, Chick-fil-A. Oh, oh yeah. Chick-fil-A. I was going
2: to say, they have burritos at Chick-fil-A? Oh, steak? Chick-fil-A. No, I get the... Uh, um, the uh, What is it? The Chicken sandwich? Yeah. There's only chicken. There's only, the chicken, there's I only looking, chicken. I was, I was thinking Supreme, but it's the deluxe spicy chicken sandwich, no pickles. And then I get... Um,
0: you get the most expensive thing on the menu is what you're telling me. Yeah, probably.
2: Like my, my meal is like 12, 13 bucks.
1: Yeah, the shake?
2: If there's a good seasonal one, absolutely.
0: You like all the (laughs) seasonal shakes. If
2: if there's not a seasonal one, then my go-to is the frozen lemonade or frosted lemonade, whatever it's called.
1: (laughs) That's the go-to?
0: Yeah. Uh, What did you want to bet on at the combine that you said's not there anymore?
2: Oh, I was going to bet on the over 40 time. It was posted for 4.5. Two seven seconds,
0: and that would just be the fastest time anybody records. Not an individual, not a Correct. single individual player.
2: Correct. Got Will it. somebody at the combine run faster than four point two seven?
0: And why did you want to bet the over?
2: Because only like six or seven people have ever run faster than that, and I think two or three of them were last year. So
1: I've got a get off my lawn friend who never believes those times. Who like goes back in time and says like the greatest running backs ever were 4-5s, and he says there's just no way, no way people are running four two fours or four two threes. Doesn't believe it.
0: Like he doesn't believe people have gotten faster.
1: Not to that level. Not to that level. He, like OJ Simpson ran like a four or five, and that's his, prime, his mark in his prime.
2: That's his mark, OJ Simpson.
1: Well, no. Well, I mean, he's <laughs> yeah. just saying he's just saying some of the greatest players ever, what they ran and he's saying this many years later he still doesn't believe guys are in four twos.
0: I have basically no knowledge of what people in the 70s or 80s or 90s did in the 40s time. Hell, I've got no knowledge of what they do now, but I don't find it hard to believe that players now can train and prepare specifically to run the 40 at the combine.
1: No, I'm completely listening, and they, and they absolutely
2: do.
0: Right, and so... Yeah, yeah, players probably aren't that much faster in a game with pads than the greatest running backs of the 80s right. and 90s, but they probably train specifically to you. run the 40 Absolutely. time. And, and they do. And I'm guessing in the 80s, they just showed up and ran more often. Right. There wasn't quite as much. That's hey, why
1: I get off my lawn. I just don't <laughs> agree with because they they do. Their agents have them specifically train for that race and that's what they do and that's all they do so they get their times as low as possible and there are
2: absolutely ways to increase it because i did it when i was in high school we would attach parachutes to ourselves or running through sand oh my god God, i did the parachute thing one time yeah it builds up your leg muscles and it helps you run yeah Did
0: you grow up on the beach? Didn't you run on the beach? No, I mean,
1: I'm just saying that in high school they were doing that to make you faster?
2: Oh, yeah. Oh, I did. My coach, my senior year, for the following year, he wanted to put in an actual sandbox so that people
3: could train at the school. (laughs) Did he go
2: to the kindergarten, the local kindergarten, to take the sandbox away?